fantastic job for all of you folks. Stars of the show right here, kids. You guys are awesome. Madison and I just we love you guys. Didn't the kids do great? The babies did great. Yep, yeah. I enjoyed that one nibbling on the ears. That was fun. <laughs> That's right. That's what donkeys do. So It is a blessing to be with you together this morning. And uh, let's go in our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 18. It is a gift from the Lord to tell you to see all these kids in the house of God. Those of you who have grown up in this area, you know it is a blessing to have 17 children on the platform singing and praising God together. And uh, in a small church, it's such an encouragement. Refresh my heart to each of your precious children up here together this morning. And uh, this is something we have prayed for. This is an answer to prayer. Uh, it's a blessing. It's an answer to prayer. Many of you, you've been with us the last four years. This is an answer to prayer. You're thankful God sent all these families to God's house. Can you say amen? Amen. God did it. We're excited to see it. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. And you say, what's this got to do with Christmas? It's got everything. All right? It's going to be great. Matthew 18. Look at verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of and said, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Whoso shall offend one of these little ones, it which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it's going to help us this morning and edify and encourage our hearts. I pray you be with every one of us right now. Speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for these precious children in the room. May they be ministered to and encouraged by the message as well. And we thank you for all that you're going to do in our hearts today. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Joy worshiping the Lord, a joy being in God's house. And I tell you, from time to time, uh, there will be changes, great changes, and personal sacrifices that we will have to make for the sake of the children in our life. I want you to think about Mary and Joseph for a minute. As Mary and Joseph, and didn't Levi do a great job? Nice long beard there, young man. That was, that was great. Uh, you must have worked a long time growing that one out. And uh, it was great seeing Joseph and Mary in the vein. But you think of that first Christmas, and you think of the change it brought to that home. They weren't just having a baby, they were having the Christ child. The responsibility to raise that child, to be the parents to that child, understanding that obviously Joseph was a stepdad because the child was conceived of the Holy Ghost. There are challenges and personal sacrifices you will have to make for the sake of children. And it is a blessing. It is not a curse, my friend. 
our maturity will be manifested by how we are willing to serve the greatest among us. These disciples of Christ, as they stood here before Jesus, it says at the same time these disciples came in verse 1 and said to Jesus, they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I bet you they're sitting around going, you know, Lord, um, let's see, maybe I'm the greatest because I was called first. I was the first disciple. One of them saying that, right? Another one, John, he's saying, you know what, I'm probably the greatest. They're arguing amongst themselves. He says, I'm the greatest because I'm the closest to Christ. It's clear, guys. And Judas says, no, I'm the greatest because I keep all the money. I mean, they're all sitting there arguing about who's the greatest among them. And I bet the three who were closest to our Lord were sitting there arguing amongst themselves over which one was the greatest. The other disciples probably murmuring and complaining in this very moment. And they came to Jesus, the twelve who got to walk the closest to the Master. I mean, imagine that kind of a privilege. They got to be with the Savior. Wasn't that a, greatest, a great gift? But no, they wanted a greater gift. They wanted to be the greatest. They were with the greatest. They were with the one who had humbled himself, Philippians 2, and to be born of a Virgin Mary. Can you imagine leaving the glory of heaven to come to give your life for mankind is going to hate you and curse in your face? But yet he loved us that much. Jesus was the greatest, and he took the little child. Verse 2 says, And he called this little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them. We just had the little children. By the way, little children are great in church. You're glad to have children in church. You better say amen. amen. You're glad to have children in church. Say amen. amen. Man, church without kids is a church that's dying. Jesus loved the children. By the way, everywhere he went, children came. If we somehow think it's okay to have some sort of a religion or philosophy or faith or doctrine in which children are not involved, we're cursed, man. And we're destined to fail. Jesus said, by love, serve one another. Kids are a gift from God, and according to God's word, they're the greatest in the room. Look, children, you have unlimited potential. You have your life before you. And let's look at this scripture, and let's see who's greatest among us. Every child's a gift from heaven. Now, parents, those of you with toddlers, like I have, you're probably sitting there going, Pastor, right now they're just a great hand. <laughs> Diapers, it's food, it's... You know, everything. Yes, it, but that's going to change. You were there before. It's going to change. It's going to improve, okay? Uh, we've been blessed by God with many great gifts in this church. Children. Every child is a gift from heaven. A miracle. A unique creation of God. No two children look alike. Even if they're twins, they're slightly different. Even if they're identical, they're slightly different. Everyone is created in the image of God. And Scripture tells us very clearly that, that Jesus was despised and rejected of man. This humble child, the God-man. The babe born in the manger, rejected in this life, yet he came as a humble servant, as the great Savior, yet he did not seek to promote his own greatness. He came to redeem mankind. May it never be said of us that we neglected the greatest among us. And this morning we're going to look at this passage and we're going to see the greatest among us. First this morning, if you join me in verse 3, we see the humble child. The humble child. In verses 3 and 4, Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted... To be converted is to be changed, my friend. New desires, new nature, he says, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says it's time. Time out, guys. He says, disciples, you're focused on who's the biggest, who's the big shot. You ever hear somebody say, nobody cares about my opinion. 
All right? That's selfishness. Nobody cares about me. You didn't think about me. Selfishness. You ever have a child like that? You know, Mommy, I didn't get the big... Okay? They do that as little children, but it's sad when as adults, sometimes we do it too. The humble child. The humble child. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I once heard a story from Dr. Evans telling about how he hated squash. And if you like that, you, any of you hate squash in the room? Any squash haters? Okay, you guys, you guys are a healthy bunch of folks. But he hated squash. And, uh, you know, the worst thing he could do was at the table say that he hated squash as a child. One time he made that mistake. And uh, he learned quickly that if he made that mistake, his mother was going to forcibly serve him way more squash than he ever would have desired to eat and watch him eat it. And as he sat there and ate that squash and had to humble himself, complaining would only make it worse. It would make his mother go overseas on him and start talking about those kids in India. That if they only had the squash, they would eat it. Right? You guys ever had that happen to you? And you know what? It's a beautiful thing when children do eat their food. Amen? Uh, but the humble child. How humble is a little child? Well, let's ask this. When's the last time you told God... Like a little child, I can't do this on my own. Would you please help me? I can't. I can't. God, I can't do this. When's the last time you got like that? Real with God. Lord, I can't do it on my own. You say, we're strong. Okay? We're American. Right? We kind of live in this macho society, and we also, as a nation, definitely can turn from God. My friend, a child has to humble themselves to learn everything. We get sometimes, we just get too old to ask for help, and it starts sometimes at a really young age. We get too old to ask for help, too hardened to humble ourselves and learn. A little child has to learn everything. Who taught a little child how to eat? You have to. Somebody has to teach that child how to eat. Somebody has to teach them how to walk. Somebody has to teach them how to crawl. Somebody has to teach them how to read. My friend, the kids have to be taught everything they know they learn from somebody. And see, remember what it was like when other people knew more than you and you were learning and growing? Of course, as adults, it becomes easy to assume we've been there, so we must know it all. But for those of us still parenting in the room, we need a little dose of humility, don't we? See, the mark of an authentic parent is not that they're out to please the kid, but they're out to do what's best for the kid. We must seek to do what is best. Don't let the child, the hardened child, run the home. Don't let, and I didn't, come on guys, you understood that. Don't let the hardened child run the home. It's the most tragic thing that will happen. It's so sad, it's so sad, watching a child destroy their own parents. Don't let your hardened child, you say, what do we need? We need the help of God, we need that point. All right? See, the mark, um, the mark of an authentic parent is they follow God. Be humble and lead them to be humble too. By the way, if, if we are humble as parents, our children will be compelled to follow our humility. Okay? And uh, that means you admit when you're wrong. That means you humble yourselves. They see you grow. They see you mature. Look, uh, don't, we, we are the only one who is omniscient is God. And so we ought to humble ourselves and, and seek uh, to do some, at least some good for us to humble ourselves and admit we might need to ask directions from heaven for life again. We might need to say, Lord, Lord, would you give me direction right now in this stage of life? This Christmas season, if we enter the new year, 
Lord, would you give me direction for my life? Help me to humble myself and seek your direction. Humble yourself and seek God's direction. By the way, uh, humility goes a long way in the house of God. Isn't it great? When we're humble, God will bless us. He says the humble, he'll hear, hear their cry. There's so many scriptures on humility. I was going to turn to all of them today. And then I, I looked at the time that I was going to have. I looked at how many children we're going to have in the great program. And I said, you know what? Next week, maybe we'll go into some of those scriptures. But we're going to see here the humble child. The humble child. Next, if we look at this, we see in verse 5, we see a different child, though, an offended child. An offended child. Verse 5, and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. So Jesus says, if you and I, by the way, why are we doing Christmas presents for the kids? We're seeking to be, be opening our hearts to say, you know, we're going to do something kind and nice for the kids. Okay? Something kind and nice. And we're going to do something thoughtful for somebody else who is the greatest among us, the children, uh, the, the humble children, and obviously the Bible says if we humble ourselves as a child, you're also the greatest. So, uh, by the way, nobody who's greatest has to promote, has to say they're the greatest. It's obvious, all right? The humble child. Secondly, we see the offended child. Look in verse 6, though. Whoso shall, what does it say next? Offend one of these little ones. Ooh. He says, to offend one of these little ones which believe in me. Isn't it great when a kid comes with a child like faith and just says, I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. It's exciting to see the simple child like faith in the room with you children. Simple child like faith. Don't squash that. Do everything you can to protect that. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Because look, if their heart gets hardened, my friend, it's going to be a lot of work stopping that ground back. Okay? So we want to have humility, and we want to have uh, the understanding that we can. It's possible for us to offend a child. You say, how would we do that? Well, by quenching the Holy Spirit of God and saying something offensive. You know, only encourage the parents of little children, by the way. Don't say, oh, when I was there, we used to do it this way. Stop it, okay? Uh, uh, if we really look back at our lives, we had failures, too. And let's have the humility to not offend the parents and not offend the children. Okay? He says to not offend these little ones which believe in me. Because he says if we offend these little children, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck than he were drowned in the depths of the sea. You say, what is a millstone? They used to grind the grain back in the day, all right? And there are places that still grind it to this day. There were these huge, massive rocks. And they would take that rock and grind down the grain, put these rocks together, and have an animal turn it round and round. And the Bible tells us that that millstone, Jesus is saying, it would be better to tie. If we offend a child, it would be better for us to tie ourselves to the millstone and go be drowned in the sea, not coming back up with that big rock around your neck. He's saying, don't offend the little ones. By the way, it's, it's a lack of humility that causes us to offend the little ones. You know what people said? Amen. It's a lack of humility that causes us to offend them. I heard this... Uh, Many people spend more time training their dogs than they do spend than they spend training their children. Have you ever watched those dog trainers? They can take a horrible dog, and by the way, it's embarrassing for me to take my dog, you know, somebody that understands dogs, and they get my dog to behave perfectly. But it would take me take them hours to train me how to train my dog. You understand? In the same way, parents, God might be putting us through a little bit of training. There might be time to time to ask God for a little help. Uh, ask God for a little help. Part of parenting is realizing we need to humble ourselves in order to raise our kids to love God. 
Don't offend the child because they interrupted your season of life. I want to say that again. Don't offend, don't offend the child because they interrupted your season of life. Um, one of our missionaries, Dr. Uh, Brother Tom Harmon and his wife, Kelly, they serve over in Tanzania. And uh, I called him a few weeks ago. He said, how are you doing, brother? Speaking of ministry together, he was telling me about what they're doing, growing the church, and seeking to work and reach new people. And he told me this story. He grew up in a little church, and he got saved, and started going to this church, and got delivered from drug addiction, and got delivered from all these things. And, and Brother Harmon started attending this church with his dear wife, and he got married. And, and now the church they were going to had not had any kids in it for 12 years. No kiddos for 12 years, so they had a baby. The members of the church got so mad that there was a baby in the church that they got mad at the pastor. Okay? They got mad at the pastor because there were kids in God's house. And I thank God that God miraculously helped Brother Carmen and his dear wife to not get pregnant through that. Because now they're missionaries serving God. You realize you messed something up on some little kid? You realize what you can do to cause of Christ? Don't harm the little children. Don't offend their parents. Don't offend them. Because, my friend, they're the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I thank God Brother Carmen is on the field in Tanzania, over there, serving among those people, learning a new language, working with those people, and his precious daughter is there serving and was serving with them. Aren't you thankful that they didn't leave the house of faith all because people tried to run out? All right? Uh, by any church that goes 12 years without having a, having a child, and it needs a revival. Amen? Uh, needs a revival. The offended child. The offended child. Um, next this morning, let's look at the passage and see one more child mentioned in the text. Uh, the humility is key in all of this. Jesus humbled himself to come as a little child. And so when we see the children among us, it reminds us of the humility of a child. The humble child. Don't be the one who offends the child because we see there's an offended child in verse 6. He got offended. Somebody offended him. Don't be that when Jesus says. In verse 10, he describes a despised child. He says, take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. Now we understand there are many, many angels. You say, do we each have a guardian angel? God alone knows. From that verse you can draw that conclusion. But the angels always behold the face of my Father in heaven. It says, in their angels... And uh, you could say, man, what if, I'm going to just ask you to pose this question to you. What if there was an angel representing every one of these little children? What if? Okay. And what if we offend the little child? The angel in heaven is doing some reporting. Uh-oh. All right. I don't want to mess that one up, okay? So he says, don't despise the little children. Parents, let's just be honest. Don't we sometimes get a little, you know, trying to get him out the door? The other day, I was watching uh, all three of my children for about five hours, and I was having fun. We were setting up for this, actually, for the Friday event. And I was taking my little children outside. And you know, I, I appreciate what my wife does even more when I have to watch the kids for a second time, right? And, um, and I usually watch one or two, not all three. And here we go, getting ready to go out the door. And wouldn't you know it, everything breaks loose, you know? I mean, just... Daddy, I need this, you know, my daughter fell and did a face plant in the parking lot. I mean, everything happened when Daddy was watching the babies, okay? And uh, I, I do watch one or two at a time. Usually I don't watch all three at the same time. That long it is. I was like, oh, man, the face plant on the ice right out there when I was And, and uh, she was all worried about coming to church and all worried about what I was going to think about her. 
amazingly so self-conscious at such a age. And, uh, you know, it was just quite a day. It was exciting. It was fun. But you know what? I was tempted to, to despise a little bit. Okay? I was tempted to be like, come on. All right? You know what I mean? Just come on. Get with the program, right? Don't despise me. Whosoever, he says, shall despise. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Don't look down on them. Don't look down on them. By the way, um, you might have made a little noise in church when you were a little child, okay? You might not remember it now, but you probably did, okay? So uh, let's have a little bit of humility and, uh, and say, you know what? We're not going to despise a little child. They're a gift from God. They're a gift from God. Some may assume that by sending a child off out of the home to some other institution or some other place, that we're getting rid of them. But what we don't realize is that when we're sending them away, often what we're really doing is we're increasing our phone bills, our fuel bills, and the amount of counseling time we're going to have to give the child. And uh, parenting is always going to be hard work. It's a privilege to be a parent. And we'll only get out of it. We only get one shot at it. So let's invest the time and not despise the little ones. Even if they're getting to be big ones, let's not despise the little ones. We were all children at one time. So let's grow up. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance. Isaiah 53 says in verse 3, He was despised, speaking of Jesus, and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus was humble. He was meek. He was lowly. Do you understand what meek and lowly means? I mean, he had the humility to come and be born with the animals. How disgusting. Imagine, dear mother, your young mother's in the room who can recently remember when your child was born. Imagine if your child would have been born in the barn down the road with the cows and all that nonsense. Really? Would you have been happy there without fresh running water, without medical attention? I mean, it was tough, okay? This is a tough time. And it was a different time period. People were a little more used to those things back then. But it says he was humble. He was humble. It often takes us by surprise when we deal with rejection in this life. But let us remember that humbling ourselves is always the way back up. The despised child. Take heed, look at the text. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. Let's just go back to verse 4 and look at this text and be encouraged by it. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself... As this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It is so cross-cultural for us to kneel down at the cross of Christ and put our faith in Christ. Our culture says, stand up, make a show for yourself, make a name for yourself, get some more likes on Facebook, uh, become a popular person, uh, dress this way, do this. Our culture is craving for attention. And Jesus says, no, it's time to kneel, it's time to humble yourself before the cross of Christ. It's time to, as he says in verse 3, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Reminds me of Jesus' words to Nicodemus. John chapter 3. Except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. You say, how do I get born again? You come to Jesus Christ in simple humility. For the wages of sin is death, recognizing your sin and my sin has separated us from the Almighty God. 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we come to him and say, my, my sin separated me from my Savior. Christ died for my sins. I thank God he died for my sins. He was born. He was buried. He rose, rose again the third day. And we thank God he came and gave his life for us. And so you come and you say, you know what? I put my faith. I know I'm a sinner. I put my faith in the Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You simply come to him in childlike faith. You say, how does a child pray? A child prays in simple faith. Teach your children to pray early, my friends. Teach them to pray early. You say, what if they pray before they're saved? That would be great. How do you think they're going to learn how to pray and trust Christ if they haven't learned how to pray before that, okay? And so teach them to pray early. Teach them to pray. And it's so sweet hearing little children pray. Isn't it great? They're sitting there, and they think about everything, you know? And they pray for everything. It's a beautiful thing. Teach your children to pray. And by the way, when you hear your little children pray, it will bring tears to your eyes thinking, wow, that's the way I ought to talk to my father. That's the way I ought to talk to my father. You say, how do you come? In simple humility. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. John 14, verse 6. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Yes, he was despised. Yes, he was rejected of men. My friend, Jesus said, all shall be offended in me. But my friend, he was not offended. Okay? He was not offended. Imagine growing up. People would have said, oh, yeah, you're the child that doesn't have a daddy. You're the child that doesn't have a biological dad. You're the child who was born outside of wedlock. He would have been mocked. He would have been ridiculed if it was such a thing against culture that day. But yeah, my friend, he was born of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Ghost. He would have been, yes, people would have said offensive things to him, but he didn't take offense to it. And my little child, if, you, if you, somebody said something offensive to you, shake it off and we'll move on. Have humility. We're going to all get things said to us that are going to be rude. Have humility. We'll be offended. We may be despised, my friend. But Jesus was humble. He was offended. He had, had offenses against him, but he didn't take a personal offense to them. He was despised and rejected of men, but yet he did not let that get to him. He maintained humility. Aren't you thankful for our Lord and how he maintained humility? Who's the greatest among us? A little child. The humility of a little child. May it inspire our hearts as we leave this room today in a few moments. Remembering these little children, these precious children. What a gift from God. We get to be together and we get to serve together in this place. Who's the greatest among us? Well, there was a man who was sitting at the riverbank and he was meditating and he heard somebody screaming for help. He was an excellent swimmer, so he quickly looked up and he saw a man drowning in the river. He ran over to the river, jumped in, rescued that man. And yet again, the same thing happened. As soon as he got to the shore, he looked back and noticed another man screaming for help. He did that seven times in a row. Rescuing all these people, he was exhausted by the seventh time. He looks back and he sees another man screaming for help. He continued and he was so exhausted he had no energy left. And yet there were still people crying out. He was out of strength. He looked up to heaven and he said, Oh God, please show me what's happening upstream. Look, look, friends and parents, sometimes we try to deliver people without ever finding out what's happening upstream. Many adults today are crying out for help in their lives because of things that, sh that started earlier, that started upstream in our lives, things that should have been dealt with earlier. And much of the trouble in the life of a future adult can be addressed by parents who do their job when the child is young. Much of the trouble in a child's life can be addressed by parents who do their job when the children are young. 
ministering in the local prison, I will tell you, almost every single man that I've had contact with, that I've done the Bible study with, over 40 minutes since I've been in there when I was working in there, 40 different guys who've walked through, many of them prayed to trust Christ in our times together. I will tell you, of those men, almost all of them had no father figure in their life. They had nobody who taught them how to be obedient and respectful, and it greatly affected the reason why they were incarcerated. We can help these children. They're a gift from God. And by the way, we ought to care for those if somebody doesn't have a father or doesn't have somebody that's able to help them as a father. We ought to reach out and try to help as much as we can. Upstream is the beginning of a person's life. And God places kids and families where they're to find love, acceptance, value, they're to find the gospel. Parents are the first line of defense for the well-being of life. And those who are humble as a little child, uh, the humble child is the greatest. Let's avoid offending them. Let's be careful not to despise them. They're God's gift to our church. Let's bow for prayer. And as we pray, we just don't ask God to help us as a church. Help us to walk together in love. Help us to reach more families for Christ. Help us to reach more souls for the King of Kings. Let's bow together for prayer. Let's pray. stand together if you would. Thank you to each of you who watched our way of live stream. Close up live stream this time. As we bow together for prayer, let's, let's join together. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, standing here, let's just ask God to meet with us. Here at our church, we just have a moment for an old-time invitation. You say, Pastor, what is that all about? It's simply, after I pray, the piano's going to begin to play. If you want to come pray and talk to God, and you'd like to do it somewhere different than your seat, you're welcome to come down forward and just say, God, would you speak to me? Would you help me? Help me to humble myself and be like a little child. Maybe that's something that prayer on your part. You'd like to pray with me like that today. Or if you like to put your faith in Christ, you're welcome to do that and come talk with one of us afterwards. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege to be in this place together. Father, we just thank you for the privilege to worship you. It is a privilege. It is a freedom. Right now, other countries like Australia, other countries like Canada, they're not able to worship in the same way we are today. And we give you thanks for the freedom to be together as adults, as teenagers, as youth, as children and babies. We thank you for the privilege to be together in your house. It's a blessing. We thank you for all these sweet kids in God's house. Bless our time together. Help them speak to our hearts right now. May we respond to your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. As the piano begins to play, if you'd like to just come and pray and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me have the humility as I'm a little child. Lord, help me. Lord, work in my life. Lord, use me. Lord, guide me. Asking God to help. We need his help this day. If you'd like to pray, you're welcome to come forward and pray. Meet with the Lord. Let's pray your seat. You do that, Lord God.
Don't forget to come out. And uh, my wife is uh, is uh, thinking for the two weeks around Christmas that she will not do the ladies' Bible study. So this week will be the last one, and then two weeks to take a break and start back up. So ladies, uh, come out this week, 4 p.m. Great time together. Christmas week and New Year's week. You guys will have off, and you'll start back in the new year. Okay. So ladies' Bible study this week, 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Ladies, it's been a great time. I know you've been enjoying that. At 10 o'clock, we'll continue to have our, our gathering for the next two weeks, going through and praying together, having our children's hour. And don't forget, next Sunday, after this, we will be in the uh, after, after, right after service, we'll have a Christmas party downstairs. Then, uh, we're going to be starting on January 2nd, a series on spiritual warfare. And my friend, uh, you don't realize what we're dealing with today. Uh, just look at the UN statute, all right? Uh, we are in the end times, and we are dealing with spiritual warfare, and it's time to stand as people of God. This book's all about fighting spiritual battles, standing for Christ, making a difference in our generation. And I want to encourage each of you uh, to be a part of it. So it'll be at 10 o'clock, starting January the 2nd at 10 a.m. Now, if you come, you commit to finish, all right? And we're going to look forward to a great time together. Obviously, if the weather is bad, we will postpone the week due to the weather potentially because we're going through the winter months. But we're doing this at 10 uh, because it's, it's right now during the winter season, putting these services together helps everybody to be able to get out, driving just one time in the weather. So 10 a.m., January the 2nd, let's start the new year off right. Spiting spiritual battles, I will have a sign-up for this next week so that I can order more books. I already have 12 of them, but if more of you want to participate, I uh, want to be able to order those books and get those in time. It's going to be a great series together. And... Uh, and by the way, it's nothing spooky. I just found that picture I liked it, okay? Uh, I don't get the credit for designing it. All right, now Men's Square events that will come up January 27th. If you'd like to join us, let, have, let me know, let Number John know, and we'll get you enrolled, get you signed up, going down with us on January 27th, men. Great time together at the Men's Square Advance in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, 